Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of GoTeach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, when Jesus finished his teaching on the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, he then addressed other issues. In the New Living Translation, he said to his disciples, Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's discuss what Jesus meant by that. Jesus is saying, if you thought the previous laws in the Bible were challenging, wait till you hear my teachings. To be my disciples, you have to give me your heart completely, without reservation, and obey my commandments. Jesus demanded obedience, but not as the scribes and Pharisees did. Pharisees were primarily concerned with people's outward behavior and obedience to laws that could be observed, measured, verified, and controlled. They were trying to keep all the external laws, but their hearts could be far from godly. Jesus taught that our inner character, what's inside our heart, is equally important, perhaps even more important than our outer actions. Jesus taught that if a man changes his heart attitude, he will also change his behavior. When we lived in Jerusalem for a year, we discovered that the modern-day Pharisees had come up with more and more laws to interpret the 613 laws in the Hebrew Bible. For example, the Bible talks about a Sabbath day journey. Do you remember how far a Sabbath day journey was, Pablo? After Jesus ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives, it says in Acts 1.12, the disciples returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day journey, so about one kilometer or 2,000 steps. That's my best guess. Spot on. If a legalistic Pharisee walked further than the measured distance that was considered to be working. So here's what some Pharisees would do. They would walk the permitted distance of, say, 2,000 steps. This was supposedly the distance the children of Israel were allowed to walk from their tents in the tabernacle on a Sabbath day when they were out in the desert of Sinai and Midian. So legalistic Pharisees would walk 2,000 steps, place a cushion or a pillow on the ground, or leave some food, and claim this was now part of their domicile or their home, from which, after a brief rest, they would then walk another 2,000 steps and not be breaking the law. One question begs to be asked. Ephesians 2, 8-10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If we are saved by grace through faith, and grace and faith are a gift from God, what was the purpose of the law? 
Your question, what was the purpose of the law, has challenged Christians for years. The Apostle Paul perhaps answered it best in Galatians 3 when he said, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Paul asks the Galatians, What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would be afterward revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional book, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. These programs are based on the book by Dr. Jim titled Men Alive, Conforming to the Image of Jesus Christ. This book, written by Dr. Jim Cunningham, is available on Amazon.com and at GoTeachGlobal.com. Jim, as Galatians 3.24 says, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. One of my favorite memory verses is Galatians 5.1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. That is my wife's favorite verse. She taught me that Jesus Christ freed us from all 613 laws in the Hebrew Bible. Our freedom in Christ is based not on our rights and rules, but on our responsibilities within our relationships. Let me give a personal example. When I married Rita over 50 years ago, I knew there was a verse in the Bible that said, Husbands, live with your wives according to knowledge, as she is the weaker, more fragile vessel. That was my responsibility. Why? So my prayers would not be hindered. Notice that my relationship to God, my Heavenly Father, was affected by how I fulfilled my responsibilities to meet the needs of my wife. Not whether I forced her to accept my rights to do certain things, however legal and enjoyable. Responsibility and relationships based on mercy and grace 
triumphs over rights and rules based on judgment and legalism. Paul, you and I were raised in what might be considered a rather legalistic time in our culture. Christian behavior was judged by what one did and did not do. And we had a lot of rules and laws in our churches and families. My father was the pastor of the church you went to when we were in our teenage years. I well remember how strict and legalistic life was in those days. We had rules about what we could do, but far more about what we could not do. What's the difference between laws, principles, and rules? Laws are given by God himself. He said, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. That is a law. It is fixed. It cannot be changed. It is unalterable to every age group. It's transcultural, whether in Africa or America, and it is applicable to all people at all times in history. It never, ever changes. That is what we call a law. From laws, we get principles or guidelines for action based on teachings related to a specific law. Principles are drawn from related Bible passages because God's Word does not have a specific law for every action. You are to dwell with your wife Diane according to knowledge, but that may differ from the way I dwell with my wife Rita according to knowledge. For my bride, Diane, I bring surprises, usually flowers. For your Rita, you bring roses. We each dwell with our wife according to knowledge. In other words, we treat her with understanding. That helps us see the difference between a law and a principle. But what is a rule? Rules are arrangements or agreements to assist individuals in fulfilling the principle within a law. Rules may be culturally oriented, as they are usually based on an effort to fulfill the spirit of the principle or the law. For Rita, the rose flowers I bring on our anniversary need to be red. Okay, let me make sure I clearly understand these three. Laws, principles, rules. A law of God is fixed and unchanging. Husbands, love your wife. A biblical principle is a teaching based on that law. Treat your wife with understanding. And in your case, Jim, the Cunningham rule to fulfill the spirit of the principle or the law would be bring red roses. You got it, Pablo. Rules can relate to one's culture or one's age. For example, there is a law in the Bible that says, children, obey your parents. But there is no law that says what time a 15-year-old boy must come in at night. The time chosen by the family may be based on the maturity of the boy, the event being visited, and a host of other factors that may even change over the coming months. When he says, I need to be in by 10 p.m., that is his response to the law, children, obey your parents, Colossians 3.20. But as he matures and circumstances change, so will the rule about what time to be home. Rules are man-made. One's parents can and often must make rules according to the age and stage of their child's development. Hopefully by the time he marries and moves away from home, he can stay out past 10 p.m. For me, it was 11 p.m. as long as I lived at home. I hear us saying, man-made rules are not always equal to God-given laws. We must understand the difference. The solution? 
base our laws, principles, and rules on Scripture, not on the cultural community around us. Once Christians say our standards are higher or better than the world's standards, then our adversary, the devil, can begin to slowly lower the world's standards and we come down a little thinking we are still higher than the world's standards. As one friend said, Satan can lower the world to hell in a bucket, and we Christians will be 5% better than those in the bucket, but we are all going down with it at the same time. Law makes us appreciate grace. There you have it, men. Whoever does and teaches Christ's commandments shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Remember to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.